Hello and welcome to Filmside Chats. This is your host Chris Dillard. And I'm Patrick Foster. And we're here to talk about movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and and movie stuff. As is tradition. So, as is tradition. This is our fifth episode. Yay, we made it to five. That's one whole hand of episodes. Oh my goodness. If, if I may. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, the longest five weeks I, of my life. It, it is, has it been five weeks? Have we doing <laughs> I have no week? idea. I've lost track. Yeah. I've lost track. I don't know. It's it's great because I like this. One. I like this one more so than my other show because we're a little more sporadic. Like, we can just <laughs> yeah. sit down and talk about it. Like, sure, if we want to talk about movies. Say, all right, that's fine. Yeah, like uh, currently, it is a it is a Saturday morning when most of our podcasts have taken place in the evenings or you know yeah. like Sunday nights or whatever. It was or like a weeknight, weeknights like anywhere. Yeah. yeah. If we can record, we probably will. Yep. That, that's that's how I feel. So, uh, news this week um, for me is New York Comic Con, which isn't always just about comics and stuff like that. They they do take some movies there, and some some TV shows. Uh, this morning I saw the Power Rangers trailer had premiered. This morning, did you so watch it? I don't know. I did. It feels a lot like the movie Chronicle a little bit. Okay. Um, meets like. The Breakfast Club, like these five kids go to this special school on Saturdays because they're in trouble. And then, I don't know, they didn't show, they showed like one shot of the bad guy. No Brian Cranston, no Alpha 5, no Zords. It, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of meh. I'm still meh on the whole film idea, but. Chronicle meets Breakfast Club. I wouldn't be meh on that film idea. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I'll let you watch the trailer sometime and, and you can tell me how you feel. <laughs> So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, we go to Power Rangers. We want to see the big fights with the Zords and like the stuff. Like you don't, you don't care too much about the people. Were you so, a Power Ranger watcher when you were younger? Yeah. The, the first two series at least, um, would have been about the age I would have been. Okay. Had, had a lot of that. I like the action figures. Like I had a good time with those, especially the ones that morph, like you flip their head around and then like it's their human head on their, their Ranger body. And then you push a button and the head flips. And it's the ranger head. Are you thinking of Animorphs? I'm not, because I know my Animorphs. <laughs> I might be thinking Beast Wars. There you go. Okay, that's what it is. Now. <laughs> but, yeah, I did. did you watch Power Rangers? No, I, I didn't get into it when I was younger. So this the whole movie, it... It, I mean, I'm interested just because unlike unlike most people, Power Rangers. I mean, okay, so I've I've seen uh, clips or whatever here and there of the show, but it's the same as to me as if they were making a you know a Godzilla movie and they were basing it off of the rubber Godzilla of you know the 1960s whatever TV show or Japanese um, show or whatever. It just because the the basis for the the movie is a franchise that is rooted in, uh, you know, kind of hokey action and uh, weird characters. Just, just because that's the truth um, for the basis of the show doesn't mean it's going, like the movie's going to play out the same way, I guess. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, this, the same as if uh, as if I was interested in a new Godzilla film, um, uh, because so you're I, just curious, right? yeah, yeah. I like I don't okay. I don't know I don't know a whole lot about the Power Rangers except there's, uh, you know, several different colors and that's about it. Ooh, like yep. 
I, yep. I honestly, I don't know anything about him really. Well, I think the thing for me, I mean, it, the Power Rangers have had movies. I mean, even like the original series, like, okay, so the series is all one continuation. It's all one timeline from start to, like, then they're still going on. So this is a reboot of the original. Like, it's got the same names and, like, an origin for the Power Rangers somehow in here. But it, they're trying to take it, I think, too, again, I hate the phrase dark and gritty, but they're trying to make it too real and, and get away from that hokey action that you talked about. And stuff like that. But again, I come for the Zords, man. I want to see this huge, several-story solid T-Rex fold up and, and merge with like a pterodactyl and like a metal woolly mammoth, man. Like, and make a bigger Zord. It's, it's like, uh, what's that? What's that? Mo- that show, Voltron, where they all the lion Zords merge into one bigger lion Zord. Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> you, this is this point is, I'm I'm talking to a wall at this point. So there <laughs> you, we go. You are. I I have uh like I, I just I don't have anything invested. I don't I don't know what no, you're cool. talking I about think right I, now. The, the idea it's a reboot is, is what has me eh okay. rather than a continuation. So that's that's where I'm at on that. Alright. Other than that, there's no news yet. Most of the other news stuff will drop later probably, uh, for that. So if something comes up we'll talk about it next week. What have we been watching? What we're watching? This is this is my one of my favorite segments. Patrick, what have you watched? Been watching this week? Well, this week I uh, actually took my homework from your other podcast. Uh, a couple of movies that you guys talked about quite a bit, um, and I was like, yeah, I'll just sit down and watch those. Uh, one was the uh, the Nice Guys. Okay. And the other was uh, Swiss Army Man. Okay, all right. So tell me, what did you think of The Nice Guys first? The Nice Guys, uh, if you like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you're going to like it. Um, Okay. So it's... And I love it. I love it if you know our first podcast. Yeah, right. Um, It, uh, it's... It's, it feels... I would say the only downside of the movie to me um, was that it felt just like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Now, if that's what they were going for, sweet. Um, and they already had their audience and, um, uh, but it just felt very, very familiar from the way the story flowed, uh, to, uh, the writing to the, the separation between the two, uh, main male characters, um, uh, and, uh, the characterization, uh, characterization of the main female character, they all played the same sort of roles that they that they did in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, for those okay. that don't know, it's written and directed by the same person. That's um, Shane Black. Yeah, Shane Black. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have really much of anything negative to say about it. Uh, I, I was very entertained. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody that I that I know that enjoys that sort of genre or that um enjoyed kiss kiss bang bang but it i guess that would be my one negative thing would be that it just all felt very very like a rehash yeah okay all right and swiss army man is probably the thing i'm most intrigued about (laughs) getting your opinion man swiss army man was uh quite an adventure it was not it was not what i expected um in that I I thought it was going to be all uh, black comedy, um, and it, it you know you could say it was seventy five percent ish black comedy, but um, I thought that uh, both your lead actors did a really good job. Um, 
the the one thing that I'm kind of uh, questionable on, I would say, is the ending. Um, and not that I mean, a, a film writer and director can end a movie any way they see fit, but um, without giving anything away, I feel like the characters uh, didn't make the the progress that seemed promised early on in in the movie or that not i guess not early on but like midway through the movie or three quarters of the way mm-hmm. through the movie you thought that um those two main guys were going to progress or gain some sort of enlightenment um in a way i'm trying to keep this really general sorry <laughs> but um, i can tell and uh it just didn't seem to come to fruition in the end how 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 I wished for it to now I mean that's me being really selfish selfish as as the consumer you know the watcher of the movie or whatever um wanting wanting my ending to to be the ending I suppose but um I thought it was really well written the cinematography was great um like really really good mm-hmm. um I the uh, little bits of action that they had in there were really comical and uh, really well edited at the same time uh, to just be silly and over the top. Um, I would definitely recommend people watch it. Um, your partner in crime, uh, M- uh, Mike, is mm-hmm. certainly right when he says that there is a there's a whole lot of flatulence going on. Um, okay. <laughs> so from a corpse. Yes, that's right. Or is he? No. Um, yeah. Uh, so I would recommend it. Um, okay. it was, it was, it was pretty enjoyable. Um, I would recommend it just for the cinematography really. Okay. I mean, from the trailer, the trailer looks beautiful despite some of the times you're very confused from it from that. And that's what I've seen. Right. Um, so I, I definitely I definitely get that vibe just watching the trailer. So that's that's good to know that the whole movie continues that and it's not just the trailer. Yep. So, so what'd you watch good. this week, man? I spent most of my week watching uh, the new Netflix series Luke Cage. Oh right, um, yeah. The fourth Marvel thing, uh, thirteen episodes, and they're fifty-two minutes apiece. So it was like watching like I don't know, like seven movies <laughs> kind of this week. Uh, so. If you're not familiar, Luke Cage. Have you seen any of the other Netflix series? Um, you like mean the, Daredevil? Yeah, Jessica no, Jones? not not the ones in that that group. No, I have not. Okay, yeah, the Marvel the Marvel Netflix group, I right. guess. Um, so this is the technically the fourth series, but the third new character to be introduced because they're building up to a, a team up called the Defenders. And Luke Cage is um, is a he was a prisoner and he was experimented on and got superpowers on accident you know every superhero's dream whoops but he he's he lives in harlem he's focused in harlem so uh it's 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 i think it's a really great show um the the director or the the showrunner chio hadari coker used to write for um rolling stones magazine a bunch of music stuff in the 90s so uh, hip-hop music plays a very big part to this and as someone who doesn't listen to that actively, it's actually really, really well done. It, it's the music, the world building in Luke Cage makes you feel like you're there in Harlem. Very cool. Now, um, um, kind of a random question. Are all the Defenders based out of New York? Yes. Um, yes. Daredevil and Jessica Jones are kind of Hell's Kitchen area, New York. 
and Luke Cage is, is uh, Harlem, okay. part of New York. And then the other one, Iron Fist, comes out next March. That was just revealed this week. Um, he's he's like a kung fu master. I don't know which part of New York he'll be in, but probably closer to Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Chinatown. So, yeah, no. No, no, no. But yes. Um, uh, so, Luke Cage, uh, it's it suffers a couple it's not the best netflix show that they've done yet but it is it is really good i think you know it like for a guy who's bulletproof and nearly indestructible it really lacks on action um and some of the the happenstances like are there just to pull the story along because you know we need to make 13 episodes but uh overall i had a really good time it didn't drag out i didn't feel like i was you know watching 13 episodes of a show back to back so I I, re- I really recommend Luke Cage if you like the other ones, but if not, don't start with Luke Cage, because they all they're all chronologically entwined. Oh, okay. So, to speak. so if if people um, did want to start, uh, where would be their starting point for those? Daredevil season one, followed by Jessica Jones, then Daredevil season two, and then Luke Cage. Okay. Um, honestly, you know, Daredevils kind of tie together. I mean, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage tie together because Luke Cage debuted in Jessica Jones a year ago, like as like a, an ancillary character. So, I mean, you could not watch it and probably do just fine. But I mean, they're all they're all superb. This is this elevates again television and superhero television to a new level. I think. Now it's, it's not your your run of the mill stuff. The, do you think the Netflix series does it better than um, the uh, Agents of Shield and those TV shows? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. Um, simply because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, very episodic. They have to, you know, get 22 episodes a year out of that whole thing and carry it out. And then the Netflix, they have 13 to tell a contained story. They're not trying to, they don't try to tie into the larger universe. Like, they're very grounded. Like, you don't have to know, like, the only thing you have to know about these is the Avengers. The first, the, the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Okay. Because because of the 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 alien invasion took place in New York and that's what kicked off all this stuff. I see. Okay. So, so th- that's really all you need to know. It. I mean, again, it's it's more centralized. It's very character driven. Very dark. Um. I mean, right now they're filming a Punisher series set in this whole world as well. So, it's it's really exciting. But I like Luke Cage. I, I enjoyed it. Not the best, but it's still not a horrible not a horrible show by far. Did you finish it? I did. I did. I got to watch all 13. Okay. Uh, cool. I didn't get to watch any the weekend it debuted. I had to start Monday and then crank them all out by, by Thursday. So <laughs> it was a week nice. of, of stuff. But then last night, I actually got to watch uh, the uh, show or the, the movie Midnight Special that we've talked about for every episode so far. <laughs> well, um, we'll continue the tradition. Yes. I, I'm going to have to say, I'm not. I would not recommend this movie to. The majority film of film goers, uh, it's a slow burn, but I guess that you know that's a credit to to the director and writer. Um, I can't think of his name offhand. You know him. You saw his stuff. Yeah, Take Shelter and yep. Yeah, yeah Jeff Nichols. There you go. Very slow burn. It, I, I my problem is I saw the movie Tomorrowland first, and there's a lot of parallels with Tomorrowland. This is like a darker, like very like suspenseful dramatic Tomorrowland at points so um definitely leaves you with a lot of questions it doesn't doesn't spoon feed you the answers but 
the the actors in it they really they really sell it they 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 really do um it's again it's got um general zod uh michael shannon joel edgerton <laughs> kirsten dunce yeah you can tell there, I can. Uh, adam adam driver was in it and i don't i don't like him too much in the last star wars movie but but he did good in this and um i don't know i had a, I, it was okay it was good but i don't think a lot of people like if you are one who wants to be spoon-fed your movies you're not gonna enjoy this sure like uh, that's 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 how i'm gonna have to, to say it. like if so if you're gonna watch it with someone who's gonna ask you questions they're going to ask you every question because this doesn't give you anything. I think, uh, in my opinion, anyway, that more than more than most like general films, um, I think sci-fi movies are the ones that can really get away with having unanswered questions because they spend mm-hmm. they spend so much time uh, either world building or, or telling the tale of the reality and in, in their world essentially that. Uh, having unanswered questions for the audience isn't always like a deal breaker. Um, maybe that's just right. my my uh, opinion or how I view the film. But I am not always too torn. Like I'm not too torn up about not having all my questions answered in a sci-fi film. Oh, no, I, I'm not either. And by far, I I I don't I don't think it bothers me. But like I know a lot of people I do watch movies with tend to. Like, who is this? What is he doing? Why is that working? Kind of deal, kind of questions. And I'm like, this is probably just better not not for those people. Sure. Um, the, the other thing is, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about, or I guess I'm torn both ways. Is the the kid Alton, who was played by uh, Jaden Lieberher, who was in your movie Saint Vincent, as Oliver. Oh right, yeah. Um, uh, I he 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 knocked it out of the park. But I'm not I'm not too big on movies where like. The, the the child actor has to act like an adult um yeah and, and he did both this film he was a, he acted like a kid in some situations and then he was an adult with all the answers at other situations and i'm like uh he, he was too back and forth for me to to really connect to but he when he what he did do every time he was there was awesome like you you believed him no matter what he was doing yeah so i think we talked about that think, briefly uh last week with his other film uh when i talked about saint vincent um Uh and i was i felt like he acted like an adult too too much and that he was the mechanism by which the the plot moved along like too often so yeah exactly so when he was he was in like acting like kid mode like he was fine like you know it, it worked and then when he there was a switch and he just turned and he was automatically adult mode kind of thing and i'm like oh well, that's kind of that's not as fun. Don't don't just give them the don't give the adults the answers, kid. Don't figure <laughs> it out. So yeah, that's 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 my movies. And then after this, I get to go play Gears of War four. Ah, nice. So I know I'm I'm pretty stoked for that. So gonna 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 have a good conversation about movies and then play uh, some games, shooting up some some locusts. I get to, I get to go play Pathfinder. So oh. Uh, who wins? Who wins, really? Uh, yeah, I win. No, well, I'm okay. well, uh, on my new Xbox One S, Patrick. Okay, I got the One S. So oh, I can, which deal did I can you get go those with? Four Ks. Uh, I I went with the it was the 500 gig with the Halo collection. Okay, that I already own. But it also came with a free game, so I got Grand Theft Auto Five. And you wanted, yeah, and you wanted the digital copy anyway, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So cool. It all worked out. It was great. It it it. 
I have I bought my first 4K movie this week as well, uh, my 4K Blu-ray uh, with X Men Apocalypse, and I'm sad that that has to be my first 4K. I, but I'm yeah. about to go buy an old another movie I had it and buy a 4K version of it. <laughs> Man, I was so excited to hear what your first 4K Blu-ray was, and then when you told <laughs> me, I I was immediately sad for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me, me too. I haven't watched it yet, so maybe I'll hold off and like just watch the regular Blu-ray until I get the four a four K I want. Fair so. enough. All right, so let's get into this. This is our topic of the week. This is this is a a Patrick inspired question. The to get this right, the worst year in film since we've been around. Yeah. So. Um... I, I was having a conversation with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago, and when I was in college or later in high school, you know, when you start to get those those first freedoms, um, I was spending a lot of my money and a lot of my time on weekends uh, going to the movie theater and watching just about everything. And I, I wanted to look back through these films and, and see... Uh, what what year uh, I thought that there was a lot of good movies or or that sort of thing, and uh, as I was as I was looking through these different years, uh, I discovered that there were some years where I went to the theater and I came away disappointed quite a few times, and mm-hmm. I wanted to I thought that was more interesting than. Um, than looking at what our our favorite year in film uh, was, and I I think it uh, the most interesting part about this is we we came away with uh, different years, which is good, and we're gonna kind of argue about those and discuss them. But at at the same time, we found a lot of parallels between the years, uh, which was kind of funny. So, um, yeah. So my year was two thousand five. Um, so 11 years ago, and yours was? 2009. 2009. Se- seven years ago. Since uh, we're going to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the only reason I bring that up is because 2005 was the year I graduated high school. So I, I saw a lot of movies. Uh, that Both year. of us. Both of us, actually. Right. Um, and then so, um, 2009 would have been when, uh, when I was like later in college. Um, and you were later in college, so it, it was just kind of funny how it worked out that way, where both of us were, it was those five or six years where both of us were watching a lot of movies, and uh, we, came, we came up with different years. So, uh, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you want to do this, exactly? Uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is, a good, this is more of a, of a fight, I guess, of, of it. So, let's, actually, let's talk about how they're similar. Maybe, maybe we start with how they're similar, and then we break into our differences. Okay, sure. Because we were talking a little bit beforehand, like, there's a trend between 2009 and 2005, and possibly other years, which we'd want to look into, um, as Patrick suggested, that says that the top ten at the box office are about equivalent. Yeah. Like, they're almost parallels. And, I mean, this really this really leads into our, our last uh, discussion about tent poles and blockbusters. These top tens, I, I want to look at them, you know like 50 years back and and see what we can figure out uh from these trends or when this trend starts or or when it broke or or that sort of thing like the years that the trend broke because there are 
there are your big budget tent poles. There are the action movies that slip into the top ten that maybe didn't get quite the budget of some of the mm-hmm. others. There's the based on a book series, um, big movie that you know gets a high budget. Yeah. There's the comedy or uh, dramedy that sneaks into the well, not dramedy, but I would say yeah. comedy or romantic comedy that sneaks into the top ten. And then there's your animated movies, and that's it for every single year. Um, so, so between these two years, why don't you take 2009 and I'll take uh, 2005? You spit out one of your top ten, and I'll I'll give you the comparison film on mine. Well, let, let, we'll start off with an example here. In 2009, I had Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Yep, and uh, the highest grossing of 2005 was the Goblet of Fire. Yep, so we both had Harry Potter movies. Um, let's go with the movie Up. I had Up in my animated section. Yep, I had Madagascar. Yep. Um, let's go with... Uh, this is this is tough here. Uh, the Hangover. I've got The Hangover on my top ten. I have Hitch. Which oh, I, have Hitch I think in your is, top ten? Yeah, it was number ten uh, grossing movie that year. Oh, are you looking at World or... Domestic. Domestic. I apologize. Domestic. Okay, because I, I don't see Hitch on there. I saw um, Wedding Crashers. Oh well, so, yeah, that works too. Even better. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. As long as as long as we're we're both we're both on the same page here. But yeah, I mean my my top the top movie of two thousand nine and and probably one of the biggest points of my argument later is Avatar and not the Last Airbender, the, the James Cameron. <laughs> well, Avatar. if it was if it was the Last Airbender, you'd have even a better argument. For 2009 being the worst year of film, <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got several good arguments, but so Avatar for me and you and and well, I guess Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, which is I no, that's the second one, not the third one. So Avatar, and then you had um, I think you had a Star Wars movie, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. So yeah, so I don't know, we just got so much going on here. I, I don't even know, man. It's there are a lot of there are a lot of. I guess what I'm seeing a lot of is like franchises is just taking over every year. Yes. Guaranteed franchise in the top 10. Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's our comparisons, I guess. Sure. Just, just kind of, the, sure. There I we mean, go. We, you guys get it. You guys well, understand. We, I, I mean, we would, uh, it was, it was only something that we noticed 20 minutes ago before we started the podcast yeah. that it was just interesting how, how these parallel from year to year. And it's something that we might want to look into. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's something we can talk about uh, in another episode. So, 2005, I don't think was that bad movies, Patrick. I actually enjoyed some 2005 movies. Why uh, why you got to why you got to hate on 2005 for? Well, 2005, it I uh I just likened it to oatmeal. Like there there's nothing there's nothing I guess horrible in 2005. There's nothing really offensive in 2005. Uh, there is just nothing that stands out. There's there's no movie on on this list of you know whatever 150 200 domestic releases that year that really stood out to me or changed uh, the way I think of movies or um, really. I don't know, interested me or altered my perspective in any way. The, these movies are just also bland, middle-of-the-line uh, films. The, the best picture for that year was Crash. It was just 
prejudice and racism still exist. The movie. Um, I, I could not believe when that movie won Best Picture. Um, it was very disappointing to me. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, while it had um, interesting, I guess, cinematography um, and a, a decent story and decent acting, it it was uh, it was all overshadowed uh, to me by the the, uh, the basis for the story, which kind of ruined that movie to me. Not not because of it was a movie about a homosexual relationship, but because that's all the movie became about in discussions. You know, it was always referred to sarcastically and people rolled their eyes about it. So I guess other people ruined that movie for me um, in a way that had nothing to do with the film. So maybe that's un- unfair to the movie. Um, the uh, the Some of the leaders for award nominations uh, that year for the Academy Awards and Golden Globes were Crash, Brokeback Mountain, Walk the Line, Capote. Uh, Capote was... You know, decent, I guess, but Phillips and Philip Seymour Hoffman gave an interesting performance. But the majority of that film was taken directly from his uh, his work of In Cold Blood, um, as well as the um, the story written about his life. That's just totally going over my head right now. I apologize, but uh, the film uh, that film was kind of ruined for me and in that I had read both books before I saw the movie and the movie offered nothing new or interesting or different perspective for me on that. Walk the Line was a, I mean, I know it wasn't produced by Disney, but it was a Disney, a Disneyification of, of the story of, uh, of, uh, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash's life. I mean, <laughs> there's, um, the, there was he he came out too rosy in that I mean I know that it showed him being a bad guy sometimes but I don't I don't think that 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 was uh, that was really how his life went but anyway that it so the award season was really disappointing to me and then you just had wave after wave of terrible uh, action uh, movies and uh, movies marketed towards kids that hey 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 now now be careful what who you're saying these movies are for now we were kids in this point patrick we were only 18 we didn't know any better (laughs) okay but this was the 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 year of are we there yet the pacifier the adventures of shark boy and lava girl and be cool do you remember be cool look as soon as i saw that on the list i'm like oh john travolta has he made a movie since then john travolta Um, and uma thurman i still remember i cringed at the trailer for that movie um yeah this is a this is a reteaming of the pulp fiction characters is what that was right that's all that is (laughs) oh it was a it was a a sequel an unlicensed sequel is that what that was yeah oh okay yeah it was a vincent vincent vega and uh um Mrs. Mia Wallace. They're being cool. They were just being cool. That's that's true. All right. Well, I gotta but, I gotta go back and it, watch that movie again with that in mind, and it'll be so much better, I'm sure. Well, but at the same time, in your year, I, I went by American release dates, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what I gotta go with here. Okay. Um, is that 2005 contains two of our favorite movies? One of them was mine was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And we, we talked about that earlier. Like, I love that movie. You enjoy that movie as well, mm-hmm. I think. I do. 
Yep. Um, it's, it's a great year for that. But also, that's the first year Old Boy came to America, Patrick. So yeah. I can't argue with Old Boy. So, I, two two thousand five did contain two of our two of our, our favorite movies. That kind of I guess uh, we talked about in the first episode. Maybe not. Maybe inspired us to make movies or like keep us in film because there you know there are gems like that. So sure, I don't think two thousand. I, I agree that two thousand five is generic, but I don't think it was terrible. Well, um, in in terms of uh, old boy and kiss kiss bang bang, uh, old boy, I I can't. I have no. I have no argument for that. I mean, you're right, uh, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that movie did not really gain a whole lot of life until uh, its until its rental days. Uh, so, I I mean, I didn't even hear world word of mouth on that movie until I would say early college years. So, um, that would be my only defense there. But you're yeah. right; that we're going by release dates, so it. I mean, I, yeah. I can't argue with the fact that it was released in that year. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I this is it, there's there's a double edged sword here where I'm going to argue for this year and against this year because that's also a year of comic book movies, um, adaptations, and and some were good and some were bad. Electra, Fantastic Four. Uh, oh, <laughs> we only have, we only have Fox to blame for those. Okay, we have one studio. But at the same time, I think we got we got a really good adaptation of Sin City that year. Okay. Um, I think visually that that movie may not be you know award winning, but visually that's a visually advanced film. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that, I, I like Robert, I like Robert Rodriguez too. So um, that yeah, that was one of his better movies I think as well. Yeah, multiple films tried to to adapt that afterwards. Um, uh, there was a couple of spirit and, and stuff like that. Tried to adapt that look later and mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. Yep. Um, we also got a history of violence, which is actually a comic book movie. Um, and that came out that year. And I really enjoyed that Vigo Mortensen. It should have been up for an Academy award that year, but I think it was kind of snuffed a little bit. Um, I think the third act kind of hurts it a little bit turns a generic action film, but a history of violence is a great movie. Well, we also well got, in, we also got Aeon flux. I mean, <laughs> Ooh. Batman Begins, the the a really good Batman movie in a long time. We get, we get a look at that. Um, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were Rabbit. Patrick, how do you feel about that movie? Um, I I'm a Wallace and Gromit fan. Uh, that uh-huh. that movie. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't like it as much as as previous shows. I suppose. Or but so, I mean, I, I was probably looking uh, looking at it through rose colored. <laughs> glasses though rose tinted glasses yeah, yeah. I, I i think i was too. see 2005 to me is interesting because again that's when i grew up the closest movie theater was 30 minutes away so like you had to plan out like a weekend day trip to get to the theater um and stuff like that and then when we got to college the later half of that year um you know you're you're broke ass college student how do you how do you get to the movie theater kind of thing um, but also in, in terms of that, you know, I, I got to see V for Vendetta that year. Mm-hmm. I believe that was, that was later that year. Um, and the best Mike, well, not, maybe not the best, but one of the top Michael Bay films was released that year, the Island. Oh my gosh. Wow. How, how are you using the Island as a good of 2005? It's on my worst. It's on my worst list here in front oh, of me as I my love, evidence. I love the Island. Oh man. my that God. Is, all right, this is going to be the is... last podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry, Patrick, signing out. Oh my god! If you got to hate people for liking movies, Patrick, then you don't belong <laughs> in movies. Okay. 
I've, I've no business doing this podcast if I hate people. For okay, fine. Then. How about Howl's Moving Castle in terms of animated films? Oh, there you go. There you go. You there we go. Yep. Howl's Moving Castle came out of the year. I, I remember hearing a lot about that. That's great. Uh, I know we're just listing movies here, but I want to talk about Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and you probably have this in your worst pile. I do. But but at the same time, it was finally the end of George Lucas's Star Wars reign. Like, let's hold that as a good thing. He was finally done... And he didn't make anything worse than the Phantom Menace by the time he got there. Oh my gosh. I just got the biggest smile on my face. You're not even able to defend the movies anymore. You're now talking yeah. about he's finally done, so it's a positive it, exactly. thing for film. You have to look at you have to look at the the bigger picture of film. Finally, George Lucas was out of Star Wars and we could move on into the, the Disney era. Oh my gosh. That is that is the best argument I've ever heard. <laughs> It's the only argument for Revenge of the Sith I'll ever give. So, <laughs> 2005. Again, I think you said like like again. I'm gonna I'm gonna use your words. It's it's oatmeal, and that's weird saying that because that's my nickname. Sure. It's as bland, and it, it's not bad, but it's not good. It's just another year in film. I don't think many people walked away too offended by 2005. So yeah, I, I think another funny thing about uh, uh, this year is that there seem to be a no- number of movies that starred uh, big uh, action stars and they seem to recover from being in in really subpar movies. So, uh, you know, Doom came out in 2005 and obviously The Rock is, has made a full recovery from, from that film. And Carl Urban. Well, Carl I mean, Urban as well. <laughs> he's kind of made a full recovery. I, I, I guess he, he was in another big action He, he went on to play Judge Dredd. Yeah, I know, but that movie <laughs> hasn't made any money or didn't no, make I, any money. No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being facetious oh, here. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. But uh, Continue. Uh, that year, th- there was one of the most controversial movies that I remember from my early film-watching days was Jarhead. Did you see Jarhead? No, I did. I heard a lot about it. I I don't. I, I typically stay away from war films. Okay. Um. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it. But I definitely heard a lot about it. Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. yeah. And like showing him like being like, well, on the wall in Afghanistan, Iraq. Basically, yeah. Um. If you stay yeah. away from war films, then you won't have a problem watching this one because nothing happens in the entire <laughs> movie. Um, which was kind of the big complaint because that was definitely not how it was marketed towards people. But I, you know, the uh, the writers and directors kind of said that that was the point, sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really get into that. I definitely left the theater very disappointed. Uh, I fell into their uh, trap of their marketing. So uh, that movie was another disappointment for me that year. Um, hmm. And I, th- I'm. I hated Crash, to be honest with you. I, I loathe Crash. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's another. We weren't supposed to agree on anything, but look, we found one thing to agree yep. on. And then also that year, there were just a bunch of terrible. I mean, this is probably every year, and this is probably another trend that we need to look at. But there were a bunch of terrible, terrible horror movies. Um, Hide and Seek, Alone in the Dark. Uh, Boogeyman and House of Wax all came out in 2005. Um, Boogeyman? Boogeyman. Oh, which one? Remember, we went over this on the trilogies this, this last was, week. <laughs> this was a reboot of the reboot. I don't know, man. It was it was one in a, a long line of Boogeyman. But uh, I know the standout on that list for you would be Alone in the Dark. 
uh, directed by your good friend. Uwe Boll? Yep. Yeah, it, well, it's a video game adaptation. Right. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, nope. Video Again, as you said with Doom and Alone in the Dark, video adap- video game adaptations really don't work very well. And they're just they're so, weighing down my year, man. They're they're taking they're me down they're year. taking me down. Yeah. So you wanna know what I I mean, do you have any final thoughts? Because I'm about to lay on you the worst year since we've been I'm around. ready. I'm ready. Alright. Two thousand nine. Now I I'm gonna start with one here that you may agree, disagree with Avatar the movie. I've talked about this earlier. I, I dislike Avatar. I think it it did some great, you know things for cg but it started the 3d revolution in film and i hate 3d revolution like i hate that all the movies have to convert to 3d there has to be a 3d version no movie needs 3d to, to in my opinion well so I, mean, I think avatar started the 3d revolution because it did it first and it did it or not first i mean there were other 3d movies before avatar, right but... it did it in a, a big spectacular way oh thank you so okay so you're saying yeah. it's big and spectacular and it started a whole new trend in hollywood so that well okay well there we go we so you can't argue the movie for me but you can argue what it did in the in the, in the industry <laughs> well huh? and it's big <laughs> and spectacular yep i agree yeah i agree i i so I judge a movie by how many times I have to go to the bathroom during the movie. <laughs> I went twice during Avatar. Twice. You just go to the movies that for movie, trailers then, huh? Yeah, well, I'm sure, why not? I mean, most of the time, if I, if I, if I like a movie, I'm going to stay the whole way through no matter how bad I have to go. Avatar, I went twice, and I'm like, I don't even care. Uh, um, but so I, I don't think Avatar is bad. But that's not, that's not it. Like, there are so many other ones here. Um, I'm going to break into... The, the idea of, of some, some I guess, comic book movies that were really bad. Watchmen. Did not like Watchmen. Zack Snyder got too much credit for this movie. He just shot for shot the comic book panel, which is good. But overall, it was not a good film, I feel. Okay. I didn't feel really any stakes for the characters. They, they changed the ending. I mean, if you're going to... I mean, Zack Snyder's on my shit list, like, right now. Like, every time I see that guy, I want to punch him in the face. But um, sure. I mean, this was... I think you. I think you might have a recency bias with Zack Snyder. Um, I yeah. I don't know. I had read Watchmen before going into that movie, mm-hmm. and it it didn't offend me. Uh, uh, to use uh, Mike's phrase, okay. uh, I I was well, that's not my a... phrase, but thank you. <laughs> oh, that is your phrase. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my phrase. I uh, yeah. I I didn't dislike. Uh, Watchmen as much as the hatred that it gets. Now, I mean, I think Zack Snyder's uh, hatred overall is is pretty well-founded, but uh, that one in particular didn't really bother me. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I want to talk about one movie that came out that... Again, this is gonna. This is the my Star Wars Revenge of the Sith argument for 2009, is The Princess and the Frog. Um, it's not a great Disney movie by any means, but it was the last hand-drawn Disney movie, marking the end of that era. Mm. So, f- from 2009, we like at in 2009, we no longer get hand-drawn Disney movies. They're all computer-drawn and CG'd and, and all that other stuff. Okay. Uh, even even my wife, I was talking to her about this, and she's a, she's a huge Disney fan. She's like, The Princess and the Frog is really not the strongest Disney princess movie overall either. Um. I, I, I do enjoy some of it. I, I, it's not, again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think what it symbolizes was was very bad for 2009. Like, you know, we, we haven't even been a full decade in 2010, and they're like, no more. 
we're, we're not doing it the old-fashioned way. We're doing it the new-fashioned way. So your so. your list or your year is is more about trends in film. Well, so far, yeah. that's just the top of my list. The, the, this, this hole goes much deeper wow. with Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So <laughs> I got so tra- Transformers. <laughs> we we uh, Transformers one is it's not a great movie, but it's not you, no one's butt hurt over the first Transformers movie. The second one, I mean, again, we can blame it on the writer strike that happened, but this movie is a a confusing jumbled mess that takes its focus away from the human aspect and just on the robots. And I think there was the the two. Um, stereotypical like idiot cars like the twins they got a lot of the flack in this one as well uh very anticlimactic end optimus prime just comes back to life i i don't know like you said there's no way to find a good thing in in that movie but it's called revenge of the fallen so he has to come back after he's fallen i don't know i can't defend that movie it's (laughs) you're not you're digging you're digging yourself a hole (laughs) and arguably the same year is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. The lowest point in the, the X-Men franchise. Yep. Also not good. Also not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just All I got to say, look at the CG claws. They, they didn't have any real claws on them the whole movie. They were all CG and they all look fake. Yeah, I know. Two. That's a one-two punch yeah, right there. It's nasty. Let, me, let me go three with a knockout right. with G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra. Man, you you had some interesting, uh, <laughs> you know, tent poles that year, or yeah, um, blockbuster films. Yeah, GI Joe. We had we had. I think it had a great idea. I think GI Joe started off as a great idea, but kind of got too modern. It was like, look at all this fancy technology we can do. We're putting GI Joes in suits, super suits that can run really fast, and we have Channing Tatum, who was hot before he was hot. You know, kind of deal. <laughs> but. But also along the same roads, the, I think the second G.I. Joe starred The Rock, which you mentioned The Rock in one of your movies, Doom, he had Race to Witch Mountain in my year, Patrick. The Rock was in Race to Witch Mountain. Did you watch that movie? Uh, I've seen probably three quarters of it, sadly. Um, you know, it was thrilling, I thought. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> we have you on a hot microphone here. Do not do not lie to us. The the best part about Race to Witch Mountain is all the memes that came out of it. Is the, is the race? It, it, the race was the best part, I think. Do you think so? The Rock <laughs> driving a car really fast with kids in the. Middle. I don't know, man. I man. When I was looking at your year, I I was like, you know, as I was scanning down through the list, I was there are. There is a list of hot, just nastiness on on yours. <laughs> like you could come up with the top ten list of just terrible, terrible movies. But the the, the that what the balances it out is there are some quite good movies that came out in your year. Um, movies that my year is definitely missing. Um, your year had up. Which was, uh, as I mean, considered uh-huh. by a lot of people to be um, one of the best animated movies there's been um, by Pixar. Uh, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People mirrors up very closely. Now that I think about it, sorry to bring that up from last week. Oh, Go ahead right, and continue. right, right. Okay. Um, and then uh, in this, in the same sort of vein, The Dark Knight, uh, considered by many to be one of the best uh, comic book movies that's come out. Uh, was also in your year. 
uh, Star Trek. So the the J.J. Abrams reboot. No, Star Trek uh, Dark Knight's two thousand eight. Don't don't put that in my year. Dark Knight is two thousand eight. Why was that? The Dark Knight is two thousand eight, July eighteenth, two thousand eight. Why was that on the two thousand nine list here? It might. It, they, they, so I think the Dark Knight was re released, and if you're looking at money wise, it was re released in January two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. It was re released in theaters. I so see. I, I can't. I can't count the Dark Knight. Right, that's, that's cool. That's fine. I got plenty more, yeah. man. District Nine came out that year, um, which. Uh, Caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, a really yeah. interesting, um, big budget action movie um, that was, you know, just something that hadn't been done before. I mean, they they've done found well, footage movies before, but really not not in that way. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, again, we've talked about how Neil Blomkamp's Halo would have been high on my list right. because, and District Nine was was great for that. Um, yeah. Zombie Land came out that year. The reboot of Sherlock Holmes, uh, like I already said, the the reboot of uh, Star Trek, um, taking both of those series in in uh, cool and interesting directions. Um, s- some movies that I really enjoyed personally <laughs> that came out that year, um, Inglorious Bastards, is. Probably one okay. uh, one of my favorites, if not my favorites, um, Tarantino. Tarantino film. And I got your back. And uh, is it good? So I, I mean, I really enjoyed that. Um, and Education came out that year, which was it's a decent movie, but um, it really I thought announced Carrie Mulligan as just a great actress, and um, she's I mean she's one of my favorite actresses, so that's the only reason I bring that up. Uh, Zombieland came out that year. You've mentioned Zombieland oh, twice now. We Whatever. get it. I'm, I'm no, reading a... down through my list. Give me a break. I'm jumping around here. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, came out that year. I do. I do enjoy Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh. I think that was very overlooked. That's a very overlooked movie from that year. And in terms of overlooked and animated movies, uh, Coraline came out that year. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan, and that that's based on a Neil Gaiman property, and mm. I, I like that, that type of animation. Um, that was a really interesting film. Um, Jason Reitman, uh, Reitman, Reitman, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Reitman. Sorry. I think it's Reitman. Yeah, uh, won the Oscar for, uh, best adapted screenplay for Up in the Air that year, which was a good movie, but even better writing. Um, and then if, if you're just a, a fan of drama, uh, Hurt Locker beat Avatar for best picture that year and it was the battle of the exes if you recall that because uh Hurt Locker was directed by uh well, <laughs> the ex-wife of uh James Cameron James Cameron so I, I what I remember about 2009 from the Academy Awards is that's the first year they upped it from five to ten movies right yes I, I believe that's the first year they had I mean there's a lot of movies going on there so um I mean, there are some okay movies. Like, yes, there are good movies in there, but there are a lot of blemishes. Like, I'll never forget how bad Dragon Ball Evolution made me feel <laughs> after watching that. Not even, not even Jason Chatwin or, um, you know, Spike from Buffy could save that movie dressed up as Old Man Piccolo, or Jennifer's body. Like, I, what is it with? I forget her, the actress's name. She was in Transformers, the first two. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, what is her name? Either way, Jennifer's body, meh, uh, is okay. Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Patrick. You know, a classic of American cinema. I saw it in theaters. I have. I can't lie to you. I saw that in theaters because I wanted something I could really turn myself off to and just watch. And 
Kevin James is not he is not the king of queens anymore, man. He he started going down when he started being Paul Blart. Oh, I mean, poor uh, Paul. What? Right, right. And no matter how you feel, I think Terminator Salvation took a turn for the worst that year as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we just got lists of movies. We're just throwing movies at each other. Like this is our ammo. Yeah. Like, if I had like a Nerf gun, I'd write these movies' names on them and see whose clip could get full first. And I think my clip would have have more. Names I, I don't it. think so because I think you're skipping over a bunch of really good indie movies that came out in 2009 as well. So Moon came out that year. I do. I do enjoy. I mean, I'm not. I'm not here to give you a list of my great movies, Patrick. That would just be incriminating. I, well, I am. So uh, away, away <laughs> we go. Came out that year, which was uh, a fun. I don't know, like road trip comedy thing. Have you seen that one? I I don't think I've seen Away We okay. Go off the top of my head. Well, uh, check it out. I I really I I dug it. Well, so um, we've actually had some technical difficulties with this podcast overall this week, uh, a little, little more than, than usual. Um, but just to kind of you know wrap it up, we've been talking about good things about each of our years, but not my year because I didn't have any good things. Right, two thousand nine had <laughs> exactly. no good movies. No. Yeah, and then uh, you know bad things. But I, I I I'm gonna stick to my guns here and still say that two thousand nine is the worst year. And if I know you, you're going to stick to your guns and say 2005 is the worst year. Yep. yep. But uh, uh, it, in the end, I don't think it's up for us to decide. What do you think? you think the listeners should? I think the listeners should, but I think the listeners should also know that in the 15 or 20 minutes uh, <laughs> of the podcast that we lost uh, that was uh, previously recorded and then erased, uh, I made really, really good points in that 15 or 20 minutes, and mm. I think that should be largely considered as, as me winning the argument. So just imagine in your mind mm-hmm. the best possible argument that I could have made to win this, and that's what happened in the last 15 or 20 minutes. Well, I, I think I think you're, you're taking a book out of the election year this year, Patrick, and just <laughs> erasing things that, that, were, that were said and didn't happen, because I have my side of the conversation, which... We all know is definitely the the more persuasive side, if you will. I see. I said that on purpose, if you will. But mm-hmm. uh, um, so yeah, I mean, let us know which year you think it was best. Are, am I, is two thousand nine the worst? Is two thousand five the worst? Is there a different year that's the worst? Is twenty sixteen the worst year we've had in film so far since we you've been around? And uh, let us know. I want, someone, I'm, I'm sure. I want someone to bring a new a new year to the conversation. Challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if you can bring something worse. I, I guess maybe if we're going to open that up, if you have a year maybe we weren't around, bring it to us. But that might be a topic for another day, the the worst Absolutely. year overall. Um, so, yeah, write us in, filmsidechats at gmail.com, uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can listen to my Superhero Slate podcast, which we just recorded a Luke Cage spoiler cast uh, for this weekend. And... Um, my stuff on Comic UI. I am all over the place. I I just need to make this a full time job. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so. I think you just need to cut all that down and just be like, "Thanks for listening, everybody." Yeah, right. I need I need to stop promoting myself. Don't listen to anything <laughs> else I do. Just 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 listen to this one. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you uh, next time. See ya. <laughs>